Hola, Jumbo Ecabo. Welcome to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This podcast was created to be what the next immigrant needs to thrive and what we need as an immigrant community. In this podcast, we talk about attaining financial independence, living full lives in the new countries we call home, and we'll do all that while talking about topics that pertain to the immigrant community all over the world. We'll do that with grace, with truth, with love, and yes, with great background music. So please, dance into every podcast episode with me. I'm Diola Teru, and I'm your host. Welcome. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. I am Diola Teru, and this is episode 74, and I'm so happy to be back. It's been a month, y'all. Yo, yo, yo. (laughs) I know I'm just making funny sounds and not saying anything, but it just feels like I have been through it (laughs) so far this year. But um, I'm back and I'm excited to be back. And this is not even how I plan to come back. Like, I plan to come back with an interview and all that stuff. Um, But my guest had to move things because they had an emergency. And then things have been happening in the past week in the financial space. And yo, the level of misinformation, the level of panic has just been just out of control. So I decided that I was going to do a short podcast episode. Let's see if I can do this in 15 minutes. Um, So Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, all of those are now Credit Suisse have been in the news in the past week, like so much has happened. And the misinformation is amazing and in a bad way. (laughs) So, you know, yes, what's going on is a big deal. But no, it's not the same as 2008. And no, this doesn't mean that people should start withdrawing their money from, you know, all your banks. No, it doesn't mean that you need 10 bank accounts with 10 different banks. But anyway, let's take it bit by bits. And like I said, like I always say, this is not financial advice, nor should it be misconstrued as financial advice. So yes, I'm going to cover my butt. (laughs) Um, This is for educational and entertainment purposes only. So let's get into it. Um, But first, long time no speak. And yes, let's talk, my people. (laughs) Okay, so Silicon Valley Bank, what's going on? Start with a little bit of background, right? So Silicon Valley Bank was founded in 1983 and was the 16th largest bank in the U.S. by deposits before its collapse last week. Rest in peace, Silicon Valley Bank. Um, Silicon Valley specialized in financing and lending and serving and just being the bank, a, a bank of choice for venture capital-backed startup companies, right? And those are mostly technology companies. And so venture capital firms are, are companies that invest in new companies, new startups. And so um, so many of the tech startups that are backed by these VCs bank with SVB, which happens to be located in Silicon Valley. And so also venture capital firms also bank with SVP as well as their many, you know, tech executives. As I just said, Silicon Valley has been quite niche 
in the kind of customers that they serve, where there are other regular banks that serve, you know, me and you and regular people and also small business, but also beyond startups and all of that stuff. And so since they were a preferred bank for the tech sector because they supported the tech, um, the startup companies, and by doing that, um, they're taking on startup companies that have heightened risk in a way, in ways that maybe traditional banks would not be willing to take on that risk. So why are startups risky? Well, startups, many startups fail. Most startups fail. And so if you give a loan to a a startup, you know, there's a higher risk that you won't get your money back if they fail. So that's what I mean when when I say there's a higher risk to startups that Silicon Valley chose to accept Um, that many traditional banks would not accept. And so, yes, Silicon Valley was very popular then because they tailored their services to serve startups. Now, you know what's been happening in the last few years? Well, tech, there's been a tech boom. And when you're, you know, the bank of choice for tech companies, guess what? You see a boom as well. And so between 2018 and 2021, Silicon Valley Bank's share price doubled, right? And if you own tech stock, your tech, your tech stock's probably doubled too between over that period. So essentially it's the same thing. We all saw it. So the tech was booming. Venture capital funding was plenty because you see a lot of people saying, I'm raising this, I'm raising Series A, I'm raising Series B, oh, I raised a million, oh, I raised 10 million you know, everything. So venture capital funding was plenty. And so as venture capitalists, uh, capital firms are investing in these startups, these startups are going to their bank of choice, SVP, and depositing those checks they're raising. So you see how SVP was also SVB, not SVP. (laughs) SVB was, you know, getting deposits from their, you know, startup clients, right? Because again, funding was plentiful. Now, let's dial back to just the business of banking and how banks make money. And let's not be haters here. It takes money to make money. And in the business of banking, that could not be more true. Banks take you and I and startups or whoever else has a bank account. We take our cash and we put it in checking accounts, in savings accounts, in CDs, whatever we want to put it in at a bank, whatever bank we choose. Now, banks take our money, and for many of us, we don't pay monthly fees to, um, to, to have a checking or savings account, um, but it costs banks money to provide us with that service, and so they need to make money somehow. So banks take our deposits, our savings, right? Give us a little bit of interest on it. Well, high-yield savings accounts, you get more interest. Traditional banks, you get lower interest, but regardless, you get a little something for your deposits, Okay. And so they take that money, you know, they give you a bit of interest and then they go ahead and invest your deposit because you know what? They got to make some money. All right. And so while banks, you know, by, you know, know, by their regulators are required to keep less. So let's say today, you know, all the deposits in the bank of D is $100, right? Generally, a general percentage that they're required to keep on hand is 10%. And that differs from bank to bank or, you know, size or tiers of bank. But anyway, generally 10%. So if Bank of D has $100 in deposits that she has collected, right, she's required to keep $10, you know, on hand. And the remaining $90, 
she can invest in whatever she wants. So that bank of D can make some money to pay you whatever interest, you know, the bank is paying you. And so what do banks invest in? Well, it depends on the bank's strategy and their risk appetites, right? So what did they invest in? What did SDB invest in and what went wrong? I'll tell you. Number one, I'll tell you that they did not, looking back, we can say that they did not diversify enough. But again, that's us looking back. But who knows? Nobody has a crystal ball, right? So SVP did not collapse or did not get into trouble because they made some kind of risky investment with customer deposits. Not at all. Quite the opposite, right? I actually feel bad for them because I feel like they didn't give out bad loans. They didn't do anything of that sort. They actually invested in government bonds or treasuries, which are considered some of the safest investments. They're very safe, very boring investments. Um, But the problem is that, you know, what happens with, you know, you know, treasuries is that when interest rates are low, which interest rates were low in 2021, that's when people got mortgages of under 3%, right? When interest rates are low, these government bonds are good investments and their value, they, they, they do well. And so they put this money in those investments and invested in them for the long term. Because in 2021, none of us knew the shege that was going to happen to us in 2022. <laughs> and then in 2022, inflation went crazy. Everything started going crazy. The Fed started increasing interest rates. Interest rates more than doubled in 12 months. Nobody anticipated it. Obviously, neither did SVP. So they had locked up billions of dollars in government bonds that is not making money because interest rates have overtaken the bonds. <laughs> And so they were losing money and they had so, and, but you don't, you know, in investment terms, you don't realize your loss until you sell the investment. And so as you are looking at your, you know, every period you're looking at your investment, what is it worth today? What is it worth today? And it's unrealized because you see that ah, the value is now below what you paid for it, right? And so it's like, you see the value is below, but then you are in an unrealized loss until you sell it. And so for them, they could have held it, you know, for as long as they could have held the bonds until maturity, which could be like five years or 10 years or whatever. And then at the time it matures, they will get their money back and nothing would have happened. However, that did not work out for them. And so they had billions of loss, potential loss, if they were to get out of those investments. Now, the problem is that could they afford to ride it out or did they need cash sooner? Remember, you know, you have your deposit, you're required to only keep 10%. The remaining 90%, $90, you can invest. They've invested $90. However, now, remember, the tech boom has ended. It's 2022 and beyond. Tech boom has ended. Tech stocks have gone down. Venture capital firms are no longer giving out cash like that to your favorite startups. And you know what that means? It means that startups have to now use the money that they've kept in the bank to run the business. So they're relying on their cash reserves more than ever before. And what does that mean? It means that they go to their bank and many of them are their bank of choice and they start withdrawing more money because they too have to keep their head above water, right? You know, now the problem now uniquely with SVP is that it has now invested that money. So it doesn't have the cash on hand to give people their money. It has the assets on its balance sheets, but it's like, it's like you and I saying, you know, 
you and I have money or we have, you know, we've, we've invested in real estate, but we need cash to pay our rent today. We need cash to buy a car today, but we don't have that cash. And if we sell the house, we're going to lose money. That's exactly the position they were in. And so guess what? Since they couldn't meet their obligations, they didn't have enough cash on hand. They had to sell some of those investments and they took a huge loss. They had to sell investment at the loss. And so when they sold off some of the bonds at a loss, and in the spirit of being transparent, they disclosed the sale. After they disclosed the sale like this, everybody started going, Helter what? Helter Skelter. And so that announcement scared VC firms who have invested in startups. And so they started ringing the alarm bells to their, you know, the whole startup ecosystem. And so everybody started what? Started shaking. <laughs> And so what then happened is then people now started doing what? Running to the bank. The term is called a bank run or a run on the bank. And that means what? Everybody is running to the bank to do what? Take out their money to say, I know I only was trying to only get $10 today to pay my bills today. However, since I hear that this bank may not survive till next week, my whole $100 that I have with them, give it to me now. Let me hold it in cash under my mattress or let me put it in another bank that I don't think will fail. And so that's what happened. People started withdrawing their money, all because they first disclosed that they made the sale at a loss. Um, and so people started withdrawing. They didn't have enough cash, and that is what caused them to fail. No single bank can survive a bank run. So it's not unique to SVP, but the fact is that, you know, generally... People don't need all of their deposits at a point in time. Think about the amount you have in savings. Think about the amount you have, you know, in your investments or whatever. You know, the amount you use on a day-to-day -day basis to survive and the rest, you save it for a reason. And so no single bank will, can survive a bank run and SVP, Silicon Valley Bank, did not survive the bank run because everybody ran to get their money out and they ran out of cash, straight out of cash. No cash, homie. And so, um, still, they did not give up right away. I forgot. At first, they sold, they sold investments at a loss. And then they were trying to raise capital real quick. So they launched on March 6th, they launched a $2.25 billion sale of their shares. And so that's, <laughs> while attempting that uh, last ditch result, you know, to, to, you know, save the bank. Because if they had done that, ah, that CEO, that CFO, they would have been like, what? Savior of the bank. However, it didn't go that way. Instead, the market continued to panic. And guess what? Their stock price took a massive hit of by 60%. Guess what? It plummeted. Um, and so that then triggered the people that have not been running on the bank before. They now totally run on the bank such that by March 8th or whatever the date was, the bank officially um, went into receivership by the FDIC. And so what now happens? What happens when a bank goes down? Well, you and I that have money at the bank, we have something called an FDIC insurance. And that's why whenever you hear XXX bank advertise, they say member FDIC. That membership of MDIC, FDIC is very important. So if you're trying to open a bank account and the bank is not insured by the FDIC, just take your money and just keep it going. Don't even stop. Don't pause. Don't look back. No turning back. Because that means if a bank is a member of the FDIC, 
It means that they pay money into an insurance fund that then protects you and your money. So for every depositor that uses a bank that's FDIC insured, it means that your deposit, a combination of different types of deposits per depositor, is covered up to $250,000. So if the bank goes bankrupt today, last, last, if you have up to two fifty k, you will get it, no shaking, right? And if you're a couple and you have the you know, accounts in two names, that's 500 k You're going to be okay. And so most of us are okay, right? You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't have 250 k in my account, so I'm just speaking for myself. I'll be okay with one bank. Um, however, in the case of SVP, SVB, God, I keep saying SVP, Silicon Valley Bank, like I said, many of their customers are worth startups, and startups, they, they are not you and I. They have more than $250,000. So over 89% of their customers had cash beyond the limit. And what can happen when you have cash beyond the limit? When anything happens to the bank, any amount over that 250 k guess what? Is you and God, though. Just be looking at God. And so a lot of startups were freaking out because they needed to make payroll and, you know, People need their paycheck on Friday. How are they going to pay the bills and all that stuff? Um, and so that that was that was why you know that became a, a really big deal um, um, at the end of last week. And so who is now affected by the collapse? So one is depositors potentially, two stockholders in SVP as well as investors, right? And so you know the FDIC insurance will cover depositors up to 250k and then I'll talk about what the federal what the what the what the government decided to do for depositors if you have SVP stock it don't go with that so it has gone and then um investors as well and you see that many um many companies had significant amount of cash in SVB, including Roku, Etsy, Roblox, and all of those. And those companies had to disclose their exposure. If you're talking about what's your exposure to SVB, it's pretty much saying how much of your money is in SVB. So now what happened? You know, what did the Federal Reserve do about this? Well, we had 18 minutes. I guess I have a lot to say. I, I promise I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up. So the government... Um, is not bailing out SVB. And I feel like that's been a statement that's been made that's technically incorrect. The government is bailing out depositors. So bailing out a company or a bank, meaning that you're covering up for the bank and you're keeping it afloat to keep going. SVB has collapsed. It will stay collapsed. Um, and the UK portion has been sold, right? And the remaining assets, a, a buyer can still buy, you know, the US um, assets, right? And Or the US bank. And the bank can come back to life if another bank purchases it and brings it back to life. However, on March 12th, the government guaranteed to cover all deposit at SVB um, beyond the 250K that each person is typically covered. If you have more than 250K, the Treasury, the Fed, and the FDIC together have stepped in to make sure that bank customers will have access to all of their money, including all those startups. So everybody collectively breathe a sigh of relief to be like, ah, we can pay our employees. Ah, my cash is not just gone into thin air. Thank goodness for that. But it is not a bailout of the company because the, the government is not saving the shareholders, it's not saving the creditors, it's not continuing to run the bank as it has been. But now who will now pay for this, um, this way that the government has stepped in? Well, 
It is not being paid for by taxpayer. It is being paid for by that FD, that um, federal, that deposit insurance fund. So remember when you say your bank is a what? Member FDIC? The banks pay what I would kind of analogize to be similar to like an insurance premium into this fund. And they do that on a periodic basis, right? And so this fund is what covers that, that 250K insurance. But now the fund is kind of has about 100 billion or so in it. And so it was able to cover beyond the 250K of insurance. And so that all customers will be made whole and they'll be able to have access to their cash. And this not only covers SVB customers, but also Signature Bank, the other bank based out of New York that also failed for a different reason, more driven by its exposure to cryptocurrency. And crypto has been going through, <laughs> look at, I don't even need to say too much about what, what's been happening to crypto. Look at Bitcoin price two years ago versus today. That's the story. Um, and so that's essentially banks are paying for it. So I think that's a very different narrative. A bailout of a company is typically linked to the taxpayers essentially carrying the bill. And that's not the case here. Now that, you know, because the bank, the, the Fed has been increasing rates and with a, with a bid to manage inflation and just cause a break in the economy somehow. And I've, I've talked about this in the previous podcast episode last year where I talk about rates are rising, why, what's going on. Please listen to that episode. Um, but, you know, with things starting to break, right, technically break, like, you know, a bank failing, that's a big deal um, caused by, you know, one, their investments, but two, the economy going down and the tech, you know, the kind of fall of tech in a way that resulted in the start in startups needing their cash, right? The economy result caused tech startups to need cash. So something is breaking in the economy like the Fed intended um, as it has been raising rates and trying to manage um, inflation and, and all of that. So with that, maybe the Fed will start to slow down the pace at which it's been raising these interest rates. Um, when you look at larger banks, they're generally, you know, better diversified, you know, like SVP was very highly invested in bonds. Um, larger banks are generally better diversified. You can look at their, you know, balance sheet. This is not me. Kind of this is not financial advice. Check out the balance sheets for yourself. Um, regional banks may feel the tightening of the market a bit more, um, especially if they're tied to industries that are that may be short on cash, like like tech startups. Um so then how could this collapse affect small businesses and the sector in the future or the financial sector? I think there's a lot of panic right now um, for, you know, for, you know, businesses, for people like you and I. Um, and, and, and I think that before the government stepped in to guarantee that depositors will get their money, the panic was even worse. So hopefully it starts to subside. I don't think it helps that bank stocks have kind of not done well in the past few days, but that's to be expected. The whole bank, a couple of banks went down and now there's news about Credit Suisse. So now, you know, the European market is also shaking a little bit. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think the, the guarantee was a good thing to calm people down. Um, you know, I think hopefully we'll see, you know, I think the Fed or people will be paying attention to what other banks have a lot of investment in bonds that may have similar challenges like SVP has. And so the Federal Reserve created a program um, that allows banks to take loans for money tied to any investment in the U.S. Treasury bills or bonds, right, so that they can meet the demands of their customers. 
And so it's, it's to prevent them from selling government long-term securities like, like SVP had to do last week. So this program will, pre- will prevent those sales um, at, for a loss during you know, stressful times. And, and the tech sector specifically you know, has just been hit harder uh, by the current recessionary you know, um, conditions. Um, you, know, you see Meta announced they're cutting staff again and all of that stuff. And one of their largest supporters, which is a bank, the lender of the startups has collapsed. And so startups may face funding issues or banking issues or challenges as maybe other banks may not be as willing to take on the risk of investing in, in startups or being the bank of startups. So I, I would guess that maybe, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I, don't, I shouldn't guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, the other thing is that, um, like I said, you know, hopefully the Fed will slow down in, in rising rates. Um, with Signature Bank, just want to highlight that what happened there was not the same thing as SVB. You know, it was the exposure to crypto. It was the loss of confidence in, in, in management, essentially. And that was a true traditional run on the bank. People ran on the bank because they no longer believed in, in the bank, right? And started pulling out their deposits. Um, but for Signature Bank, it will continue to function. Branches are open and it will continue to operate until a buyer can be found. Now, before I wrap up, let me just quickly talk about Credit Suisse. I don't fully know what's going on. Again, I read this news, you know, I find it interesting. So I read it, I mean, based on, you know, my nine to five job as well, I have to stay abreast of this stuff. Um, And so, you know, Tuesday, Credit Suisse disclosed that, you know, they have a financial weakness in internal controls of a financial reporting. And and that means that, you know, they had a weakness in in, in identifying potential, you know, um, um, uh, material misstatements to their financial statements. Um, and so it just means that they didn't have things in place to either prevent or detect material misstatements. It doesn't say that there were material misstatements at this point. Nothing that has not been said. Um, but we also know that there was an SEC inquiry over, you know, the cash flow statements, which is one of their financial statements from 2019 and 2020. We don't know much else yet, but we do know that stock stock price, you know, plunged 24 to 30% or something of the sort. And, and for Credit Suisse, you know, I think they've, they've had issues over the years. They've been in the news over the years, so it's not anything new. Um, however, you know, one of their biggest investors have said they're not, they're not, they're not going to put in more cash into it. However, the Swiss Central Bank has stepped in to provide support and to, you know, preemptively strengthen their liquidity. And they have accepted that help again in, in a bit to overall just calm the markets that, okay, you know, everything is not going downhill. We've got this under control. So we're watching, we're learning, and we'll see what happens there. Um, and so with all, all that, with that all said and done, am I worried? Um, no, but, but I'm cautious. I'm alert. Just like I said, I would be last year because when the Fed starts to tighten things, things, something's, something's going to break at some point. And I don't know if this is the beginning or this is the end, but I'm not taking my money and opening it in 10 bank accounts. That is not necessary. Um, you know, I'm making sure I have my emergency fund, um, and, um, you know, if you have more than 250K in cash, yes, you should maybe probably look at, you know, moving some of that. But if you don't, then um, just make sure your bank is FDIC insured and just just hang in there and hang in there for the ride. And, um, yeah, 
keep your eyes and ears peeled, um, but let's not panic and let's just stay educated and understand what's going on so that we can, you know, have better conversations, but also make decisions, not out of fear, but rooted in knowledge. And um, yeah, sorry, this got long while we are 30 minutes, but thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week. Ciao. Take care. Bye. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Rich Immigrant Podcast. Before you go, I'd like you to know that there will always be room for you at this table. And as I wrap this up, I'd like to ask for your help with a few things to help support and amplify the message of the podcast. First, please subscribe. Click the subscribe button and that way you're notified of new episodes. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, please write and review the podcast. That way you're signaling to Apple that the content here is, you know what, popping. And you amplify our message to other potential listeners. And last but not least, please follow us at Instagram at The Rich Immigrant. And as we go out into the world, I hope that you're encouraged to show up and live fully in whatever country you've chosen to call home. Ciao, bye, odabo. See you next time.